Welcome back to another episode of Pro Running News. It's Matt and Dave speaking all about Chicago Marathon that took place on the weekend where we saw some huge results, including a men's world record. Dave, you watched it from the TV. I was out there running. How was it from the uh, from the TV? This is a great intro to our first point. It was pretty bad, to be honest. I heard. Actually, I did hear. <laughs> I don't think anybody hasn't heard. Um, so I, I in the lead up to this, I actually did something on our Instagram story. I was like, I had to download the track at a track anybody and and including you of course and i was just like i'm so sick of downloading trackers and i put out a, an instagram poll to ask people you know how how much of a headache is this and so we'll start here and i said you know the, the options i gave were it's good it's convenient to house everything in one spot uh it's bad just make a website and whatever i just want to track and so it was like 30 30 41 split in that respect so i had a few people write in though so oscar wrote in and said they should just make one app for all the major marathons, please, or for <laughs> all marathons, please, at least the world majors. And I was like, that actually makes sense. Abbott runs them all. Abbott make an app, make the world marathon majors app, have subsets of it. And then Scott uh, Craw actually said the same thing. He said, world marathon majors should make an app for all six. I know each marathon need their own for sponsors, but it's feasible to break them out and personalize for each section. And that's 100% true. You could easily download the Abbott World of Mouth and Majors app. They could send you an update for the new like Chicago or whatever, and it could just change what it is. Like so, Abbott, pull a finger out, do it. I agree. I'm so sick of downloading new apps. That said, I've got the Iron Man app to track people I'm friends with on Iron Man, and that is terrible. The app is bad, and like it's forever sending me push notifications about stuff that I don't care about. So maybe it's a little bit of be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. So I'll, I'll throw that caveat in there. <laughs> So um, on the Iron Man app, I, I I normally just I normally just watch on the on the YouTube channel or whatever. But on the Iron Man app, does it show? Is it except? Is it essentially what Oscar and Scott are suggesting? It's like housing every single race and tracking every single race in the same app. Or yeah, so every Iron Man for the year and every seventy point three, and there are no shortage of these. It would be like having every yeah, marathon no. on there, yeah. uh, and you can track athletes and get push notifications when they cross start lines and all sorts of stuff. Um, so yeah, it. There's not a lot else in the app. And it, look, it's fine. Um, I'm sure if you're an Ironman athlete, you'd like it. You can track your friends. It's just a bit much for me. Uh, I mean, I haven't deleted it yet, but yeah, whatever. So I think they could do this. I'm I'm for this as well. Um, I'd rather have one. I'd rather have a website, to be honest, and just be able to refresh that, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Coverage-wise, it wasn't great. Um, like very little women, a lot of the men which ended up being mostly Kelvin Kiptum and, you know, a couple of mates for a long run. And then, yeah, there wasn't a lot. We've talked about this before in our coverage stuff, talking about the world mountain running championships and, and UTMB, like they need, I would say four to six cameras, maybe more. They need a couple on lead men, couple on lead women, uh, sorry, couple in the men's race. So lead men, lead women, and then, second packs of these as they break up or an interesting one. It's probably ends up being six, let's call it. Plus then the wheelchair race, of course, which is quick. So you can use those and, and sort of come back. Um, yeah, that's what they need to do. It's it's not real difficult. One of the things I would say is nice with this, with the footage, the, like the compliment I'll give them. They did a lot of motorbike alongside the runners, which gave a real, a real insight to how fast they were running. And they looked like they were running fast. It's the first time I watched a marathon and thought, geez, they're running fast. So I will give them that compliment that it actually makes running a marathon look fast. Unlike every other time when you're looking from in front, you're like, these guys are out for a jog. This is easy. Running a two-hour marathon is easy. So, it does look remarkably right, different watching it from the side than from the front. Yeah. From the front, you really oh, yeah. can't tell. How, yeah. Yeah. So credit where credit's due, but also pull your socks up. 
Um, I had a random thought mid-race when I was running next to Molly Seidel for about eight kilometers between oh, 12 and 20. I was like, why isn't there just, a Just quietly, how, 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 good are, how good were her sunglasses? Straight out of the 90s. I really yeah, like them. Yeah, I did notice Sorry. that. I was running, Car- yeah. Carry on. No, I was just saying I, I, I had a thought. At, I, don't, I don't remember exactly where it was, maybe about 10 miles, 16, 17K. I thought I've been running with Molly, the Olympic bronze medalist, for five or six kilometers at this point, and there was just no motorbike or no camera in sight. I just thought... I wonder. I wonder why. Like, I wonder why they hadn't uh, come back to to check on her. Oh yeah. So um, it's interesting to see the do, post. They didn't do any of the US men and women until the others had finished. Now that would make a ton of sense in uh, Boston. It made zero sense in the place where they're trying to get all of the US marathoners, and and really like set it up right. It just didn't didn't make a lot of sense to me. I thought maybe it was the stream I was watching, but apparently that was just the case. Like that's what all the commentary's been. So yeah terrible uh i think probably molly suffered a little bit um the fate of scott formal which is ran a really consistent race and therefore didn't ever look like she was in it until she was in it um but we'll get to that later um yeah. so on to the men's race uh yeah what do you even say mate um well I'm gonna, did Kel- I'm gonna rewind the clock five weeks and say i was very fortunate very lucky to have uh, met up with him uh, with a couple of friends in kenya uh, we, we actually ran, uh, well, we, we went down to the track one day to do a workout, uh, probably about seven weeks ago and he was doing a workout. Um, uh, Kipchoge was also doing a workout, obviously different groups, com- not, not training together, completely separate. And, uh, and we started talking to Kelvin after his workout and he was very friendly, very approachable, you know, not a lot of Westerners down there. Uh, he did a couple, he did some mile repeats and 1200 repeats and we, uh, we got his WhatsApp number and asked if, asked him if we could join him on a run. And he said, Absolutely. Uh, took a few uh, a few t- attempts to meet up with him, um, but ultimately we did. And yeah, he shared some insights into sort of what he'd been, what he'd been doing in training. It's been a couple of articles. I know you sent me one this morning, <clears throat> come out uh, since the weekend, um, with some interviews from his coach uh, Gervais, uh, who's from Rwanda, who's a who's a who's a lovely guy. And yeah, it sounds like he uh, he's because <laughs> he said a very similar thing to us uh, in person at, at the cafe. It was about five weeks uh, before the race and. He said he'd been putting in about 260, 270 kilometer weeks, which I think in miles is about 150, I think. Um, and the article actually says- ma- Approximately many, approximately many miles. Approximately many miles. And the article even says that they've experimented with, uh, they didn't say the word experimented, sorry. They said they had been doing um, upwards of over 300 kilometers, uh, at least before the London Marathon. I'm not sure if that was the same for this uh, this one. Um also saw him on a long run, uh, a 40k long run out on Moyben Road when I was running as well. I just ran past him and his group of about eight guys. Uh, not sure of what they what the average pace was that day, but um, he looked very strong uh, out there as well. And uh, yeah, I mean, when we saw him at the cafe, he was he was saying he really wanted to break the course record, which he also said in the pre race interviews. Uh, you know, we asked him about world record, and he sort of just laughed it off and said, "Oh, no, I don't know, I'm not sure about this one." Um, and uh yeah it just seemed like he was in positive spirits and training training very well which obviously was reflected in the race but um man how much faster can this can this guy go i mean i reckon he's got a sub two hour in him if he if he wants to oh yeah if he he goes for it i mean it's easy i say this to people now and it's like when you don't really analyze the splits and the times you don't really fully understand how how impressive this is what he's doing right now in closing in sub 60 minutes every time and i think kipchoge is sort of two levels above everyone else uh at least when he's on his day um in that you know whenever he's winning berlin he's a minute to two three and a half uh, two and a half minutes in front um but i don't think he's ever done anything in a race elliot kipchoge that is that is like what 
what Kipton is doing, at least in the last two races. You could even say that about Valencia, really, because every all three of them he's closed in. I think it's I think Valencia it was 60-15 or it could have been 60-20 something, and then it's been 59-40 something, 59-40 something. And I don't know. I've, I've, we've never seen Kipchoge do anything like that. He, he's he's always closing in sort of 60 high or 61 low. And um, I, I really don't think Kipchoge would be able to hang with him in a race like that. Um, I'm not even sure how Kipchoge would beat him at this point. I really don't know. Well, I'll say a couple of things. I think he's on the upswing. There's no there's no discussion here. So people, I got asked today about like about Kipton, and I said this actually isn't that surprising. It's only like 30 second PB, and to run your third marathon and run a 30 second PB is it's pretty reasonable. Like if you take away the times he's running, his reject like let's ignore the fact he appeared seemingly out of nowhere. And let's ignore the times he's running. If you said to me, yeah, there's an elite runner and he's knocking off 30 seconds per run, uh, you know, across a year, he's knocked off a minute. I'd be like, seems pretty reasonable. So I still think he's on the upswing. Um, I also don't think he's really being challenged. I mean, he's famously came out and said he hasn't hurt. And having run a marathon, I'm not going to say this fast, but in a similar fashion, which is running really easy and then really picking up late, you don't feel as bad as if you run really even. I can tell you that like categorically. I ran PBs of both of them. Taking it easy and then speeding up late is a much easier strategy from a how a perceiving a perception of effort standpoint. Now, granted, I didn't do 10Ks of it or or 12Ks of it, but I did, you know, sort of 5Ks of it, 4Ks of it. So there's a bit of difference. But given all that, if he raised Kipchoge, my gut feel is Kipchoge would take it out, try to run evens. Kipton would sit with him. He probably couldn't kick away as hard, but he would probably still kick away. I tend to agree with you. I also think he's got a bit more in the tank. Like he's not. These negative splits are so significant that like he's definitely got more in the tank. He could definitely go closer to evens and, and be okay. I mean, he said as well, once he was 5Ks in, he felt he knew he could break the world record. So I assume that means that he ran you know, 14.30 and thought this feels really easy and then knows that he's going to break the world record um, as a result of that. So that's that's my take on it. Uh, but you're right. He ran 59.47 in this one. It was 59.45 in London, um, arguably... Uh, the second half of London is actually they're probably similar to be honest. But he also ran a four eighteen mile for mile twenty two, which is two thirty six per kilometer, which are faster than any of the splits we saw in London. Um, although he did close in two forty nine per kilometer uh, for the last two point one nine five kilometers in London, his split from thirty to thirty five k was thirteen fifty one. His fastest split in um, London was thirteen forty nine for five k. Uh, his he ran a twenty seven fifty two ten k, which only two American men have run faster than apparently. I haven't fact checked that one hundred percent, but it's from a pretty good source. So, um, yeah, that's that's real quick. He's real quick. Yeah. Um, and just the way he finished as well. Like looking at the video of the last one hundred and fifty meters, I mean, he's celebrating. He's he's fist pumping. He's blowing kisses. I mean, yeah, maybe he couldn't have possibly run much quicker that day, but. I don't know, man. I mean, I don't know what you're like at the end of a marathon, but I'm not. I'm. I'm not able to really look around, or I'm just. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to get to the end. And and I think Kipchoge is really the same, even though he's you know running world records. If you if you notice his last 400 meters in both the times he's run um, the fastest two times in Berlin, he's he's really holding on for dear life until the last about 10 or 15 meters before he's celebrating. Because he knows that if, yeah. I think he knows if he celebrates earlier, you know, he might lose some seconds. But Kipchoge. I mean, sorry, uh, Kipton was just <laughs> celebrating yeah. from probably 300 meters out, I guess. And yeah, maybe lost two or three seconds by doing so at most. But the way he ran through the finish line and hugged his, I think it was agent, um, 
it 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 sort of screamed at me that yeah, I've got another thirty seconds to a minute in me if I if I pace this better and 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 maybe hurt a little bit earlier on. I don't know. Yeah. But um I think I that's... think I think he's coming for sub two in a real race yeah. pretty soon. I think he needs to start out a bit quicker. Like I'm a, I'm a big advocate of the negative split. Right? I think it's it's literally the way to run the best. But like he ran a, you know, he ran much uh, like it was a big negative split there. So I think he's got time in the bank uh, in terms of starting out a little bit quicker. Five, ten seconds, fifteen seconds, I think, um, and he'd be through through halfway, which is really not much, right? It's it's one second per kilometer or so. Um, so I mean, he was paced. Through like the, his pace dropped out pretty early as well. Like my Teco uh, Matiko ran with him. Guy's wearing a headband, real funky. I loved it. Uh, he this guy had paced him previously. It felt like this guy was pacing him because he dropped out after like kicked him kicked away at thirty k's, and this guy dropped out shortly afterwards. So, and he was sitting in second, and it was comfortably in second. They were so far ahead that yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I, I, it feels like this guy was probably a pacer, an unofficial pacer as well, um, more than he couldn't finish because he could have finished. And like this, there's a lot of money there. There's no reason. Unless you've had a proper problem, there's no reason not to finish come podium in a world marathon major, take that money and do all that. Like unless yeah, unless you're a pacer. Mm-hmm. Or or he's raced really stupidly, which also possible. Yeah. Um other than that, Pasha Abdi came third yeah. again. Uh I mean he's he's good at coming third, world championships, Olympic Games, London. Uh, in 2022, but he, I guess he's won Rotterdam and and came second in Tokyo. But uh, it's cool to see Bashir Abdi do that. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, those are the the big stuff. Who else? Uh, Benson Kipperetto came second, which you know, very good runner. It's not to be sneezed at. So, uh, so yeah. Yep. Any other reflections from the top end of that race? We'll talk about American men later. Uh, but anything else from the top end? I think just looking at the splits through the half for uh, the the guys that came in second through sixth. Um, or second yeah. through fifth, sorry, you know, 62-21 doesn't give them really much hope to go much quicker than, say, 204 flat or 203 high yeah. um, if, you, if you're running at 204-42 pace through half. Uh, you know, yeah. maybe 203 highs on the cards, but, um, you know, Bashir running 204-32, which I think is maybe his second fastest time or, or, or very close. I know his best is 203 high. Probably didn't really set himself up. I mean, he probably had no choice but to go with that group, really, unless he wanted to run alone, which is risky. So um, I think a pretty good, very small negative split from him. Uh, good to see Connor Mance uh, go under the Olympic we, standard. We, we're getting there. We'll get there later. Sorry. But yeah. um, no, it's all right. Um, I, I think the thing with Kiptum as well is Kiptum and this his pacer and, and Mateko just took off from 5K. They first bottles and they just went. So I think everyone else just sat and went, those guys are either going to run world records or drop out or, you know, and then it was kind of a race for the rest of the podium. I think they sort of think, yeah, one of them's going to pop. We might pick him up later. I mean, that's how I would have done it if I was them because they're not going to run 201. You don't want to go out like that. You know, the alternative is exactly what happened in the women's race with Safan Hassan where with Chet and Gedich took off. Safan went with her and then it was like much too quick for a while. Uh, so, you know, that is what it is. Yeah. Uh, let's get on the women's race. Safan, I mean, this this felt a lot like London, to be honest. You had uh, <laughs> Kipton doing what he did and Safan doing what she does. Felt a lot like a repeat of London. Uh, she's still strange. She's still like not quite getting the marathon right. She's like trying and she's getting better. Like she's run well. It's the third fastest time of all time, I think. But I think she's got a lot left. Like I think she will. Yeah, she's really got a lot left of improvement. I, I I'm, would not be surprised if she breaks the world record. You know, in well, the it, would have, years. it would have been a world record two two weeks ago. But uh, obviously in Berlin, we, we saw yeah. that fall. But before Berlin, it yeah. was 214.04, I believe, or 02. 
Um, yeah. So, yeah, obviously, yeah, phenomenal result. Going out in 65 yeah. 48 is no joke. I mean, that's uh, 210, you know, <laughs> high pace. So, yeah, uh, I mean, she's only run yet. Yeah, I mean, her half is not a lot quicker than that. So she took uh, she took a big risk. But we covered, you know, a couple of months ago, I'm sure you were about to get to this, that, um, you know, she yeah. raced the world champs in the track only six weeks earlier. So I'm very curious to know how she is doing this. I'd, I'd love to, to to ask her, but um, I think she'd be a tough one to get on the, on the podcast. But six weeks of marathon training, there's no way she was doing um you know 25k plus runs before that i don't think given she was racing the 1500 meters at budapest i would well, i'd be very surprised she, she'd let extra volume though you know post heat after the heats because we talked about this from the world champ she would like after the heat she would go and do extra sessions so i think she was trying to accumulate she probably did a bunch of sort of half marathon stuff or rather sorry when i say half marathon she was half doing marathon stuff not half marathon kind of before did a bit of specific stuff for the track kept a bit of volume up and then went from there. But I do, I tend to agree with you. Like she's kind of, I, it sounds like from the interviews I've listened to with her and I've listened to a few now, she's pretty much marathon training and then sort of went down and did those things, sharpened up a little bit, probably still kept some speed in the legs and sharpened up a bit for that stuff. And for the most part, with the exception of the 1500 meters, probably not a terrible way to train for a 5,000, 10,000 meter. She's obviously responding pretty well. She could have won maybe not the 5,000. So she won the 5,000. Uh, she could have won the 10,000, right? Um, so, you know, maybe it's not a terrible way for her to train anyway, but she feels like she's kind of just, I heard her say today, she's won Olympic medal, doesn't really care, and but likes the track and doesn't really, like she's a bit of a, can't quite understand her, but um, yeah, it, it's hard to understand what she's doing, but, but I'm enjoying, I'm here for it. Run, like, let's do it. Change the understanding of physiology. Let's do it. I'm, I'm all for it. Run the 1500. Then six weeks later, run a marathon. Let's do it. Mm. I'm very curious to see if she can, uh, if she or she will at some point very soon, just just attack a 12 week or a 10 week marathon block. And will that be a better outcome? It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. And maybe that's that's probably not a bad point to think about. Is you wouldn't want to change your training wholesale. It doesn't make a lot of sense, especially if you're running good 10ks. Like it doesn't make sense to go drop everything and change completely that's a recipe for injury right so maybe the slow burn change makes sense the transition um some people take time away maybe she's just not taking time away and just does it this way um but it's cool to see her transitioning like i mean that's the historical way right transition from the track longer distances and then into the marathon uh of course given money and sponsorship and, and eyeballs the Kelvin Kiptons of the world are coming and the Assefers and they're just leaving the track early or not going to the track and just turning up early. And I think that's what allows him to run 300 Ks a week, right? Historically, we'd say, oh, you know, you have to, um, you know, you, you hit your peak later. But I, I think some of that was just the nature of things. I think if you can acquire that loading early and and develop that load tolerance, then you can really push it. And then, yeah, your ceiling is really high. I mean, we see this with the Norwegian triathletes. We see it with with her, um, Kelvin Kiptum as well. So if you can get the volume in early and really develop that base and that load tolerance, then yeah, your, your ceiling's high because your recovery ability at 23 is eons, eons better than it was at 33 or than it is at 33. So uh, the question, and his coach brought this up in that article that you mentioned that we got a link in the show notes of like, how long is this possible for him? Is he going to burn himself out? Right. And that's, it's a real question and, and maybe it doesn't matter. Like, Win, win three, four, five, six major marathons and, and leave in a space of three years. It's a pretty good gig. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially so, if there's some world records in there as well. <laughs> of course, a lot, lot to, of money for a lot of sponsors. It's hard to criticize that 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 approach. 
Yeah. Let's talk Americans, mate. Let's get into the Americans. Um, yeah. Yeah. What What did you think? What did you What did you see? What did you think? First American, Connor Mance, been following him on Strava for a while, looked very confident going in. 207.47, did go for a bit quicker, went through in 63.21, so he was on pace for 206.40-ish, 45 um, through half. And he said in his, I think it was his Strava post that he, um, and uh, you could obviously see the splits on Strava, that he was on pace for that until about 5K to go, um, uh, about three miles to go, and then just found it tough in the last couple of miles and probably lost about a minute. Uh, but yeah, Awesome to see. Bit quicker than last year. He was 208 low last year. Got the Olympic auto standard with that, 207.47. Um, and the whole Olympic auto standard is a whole is a very interesting one for the US, given that they've got their trials yeah. in February and not so many people have the auto standard. So um, just him and one other. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then he had um, Clayton Young, who I believe he's been training with, I think, uh, coming just behind him. Um, who yep. went out at the same pace? Um, oh no, sorry, yep. no, he was sorry, no, he wasn't. He was twenty seconds behind him at halfway, and finished in yep. two hundred eight zero zero. So also the auto standard, and then Galen Rupp, who was uh, two hundred eight forty eight, who obviously blew up yep. a bit at the end because he was with Connor yep. through half in sixty three twenty one, and then ended up yep. losing two minutes on that pace and one whole minute uh, to Connor in the last half in the second half. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought Rupp might come out and do something special. He did say in interviews that he sort of changed a few things and worked on his technique yeah. and worked on fixing a few injuries. Um, he did go quite a bit better uh, in the last couple of years, running 206. Uh, but, um, yeah, we'll see what's coming from him. Yeah, he said he was in the shape of his life. Uh, so, I mean, that's always a interesting. Yeah, it's always hard to understand. But oh, I think they'd be happy with that. That's a, Those are good runs. I mean, the other thing we haven't mentioned is the weather on the day was perfect, for those who didn't know, but couldn't have been better. Um for the most part, especially Chicago is a bit of a mixed bag. Could be hot, could be cold, could be windy. Uh, it was pretty good. So, yeah. Uh, women, yeah. What did you What did you think here, mate? What did you? I mean, so just to quickly run through it, Emily Sisson ran two twenty two, and we'll talk a bit about that um, in a little while. She went through in one hundred nine thirty. Uh, Molly, as we said earlier, ran a lot more even. She ran two twenty three and went in. I mean, maybe not much more even, to be honest. She went through in 110.47. Uh, and then uh, Sarah Vaughan finished in 2.23 as well, just behind Molly, a couple of places behind Molly, but very close to her, uh, and went through in 112.06. So, um, yeah, what did you think here? I Yeah, I mean, given the conditions and, and the way they ra- race, obviously I was out there, so I, I didn't know. But if, I, if I'd been watching and looked at the split of 69.30 for Emma Bates and uh, Emily Sisson, 6931. I, I would have thought they were on for 218 high, 218 mid, maybe come back slightly quicker. Um, I do know Emma Bates posted on her Instagram that she hurt her foot um, and she'd been dealing with plantar fasciitis. I'm not sure if it's plantar fasciitis, okay. but at least something in the plantar. Um, and there was a step made wrong just after halfway and she found it very tough in the last half with pain in the foot. Um, so gotcha. that's that about Emma Bates, um, 225 yep. finishing time, I think sixth or seventh American, uh, Emily Sisson. Yeah. I mean, finishing 222, obviously slowed a little bit, not too much. Um, still yep. a very solid result by her, a good three minutes, I think roughly slower than last year, three and a half. Um, so who knows yep. if that was just a, a training block, not so good or, um, so I'm not sure. Both I think of them... she said she had a stitch actually. Yeah. I so both of them hearing. said they're in the shape, both of them said they were shape of their lives, both looking at sort of 218-ish, or at least Emma was looking at 218 um, and paced it that way, right? They both paced through halfway in that um, and then got a big stitch. Emily cross, uh, Emily's assistant crossed the line looking t- like she looked like she was unhappy. 
I was really interested. And then I've since heard she had a big stitch and, and that was a problem. So I guess, I, I, you know, one of the things I was going to talk about is like people who might be disappointed with their run. And I said these two were the only two. Obviously, Emma's got a good reason for it. She's injured, but she still probably wouldn't be happy, particularly given that she said she was like 218 shape. Uh, Emily Sisson, I mean, you kind of got to be happy whenever you come first American, you know, take payday, all those things and um, put yourself in a good position. Uh, and then and get through a tough marathon, right? She got seventh overall, so there's nothing to be sneezed at. Um, but she probably would have preferred a faster time and, and not to have a stitch. But again, nice to be able to run that fast with a stitch. I think uh, m- many in the world would be stoked with that. Let's put it that way. Um, oh, yeah. So, so yeah. Um, cool. Other interesting results that I wanted to go through. Rose Harvey from Great Britain. Yeah. She, ran, she came ninth. She came ninth. She split Molly and Sarah Vaughan. Uh, she ran 2.23 and went through half in 1.12. So fifth fastest British female ever. So it's a huge run from Rose. It's a really, big really neg- good run. She'd be Pretty stoked. big negative split as well. Uh, I mean, she ran the big yeah. half three uh, five weeks before and, and ran 70.02. Um, so, yeah. you know, I did read her Instagram post after the Chicago race because I was curious, you know, I, I couldn't remember how she went in the big half. So I looked that up. Um, it seemed like she was really happy with 70.02. So, yeah, I mean, I would have thought a 70 would translate to something like a 226, 225. Um, but yeah, yeah, I did have a look at her Strava and, uh, and she was posting some pretty big, very solid long runs, uh, between yeah. big half and now, um, yeah. which was four weeks of training or really three plus the taper week. Um, yeah. And some of those runs, honestly, yeah, I, I'm probably not super surprised with 223, but awesome to see the way she ran it yeah. with a bit of negative split there. So, um, yeah. yeah, congratulations, Rose. Yeah. yeah, she, I mean, her previous PB was 227 from Sevilla uh, last year in February. So granted, it's it's almost 18 months, um, but still, it's, it's a huge PB. It's, you'd be stoked with that. Um, mm. you, take, you take four minutes over 18 months for sure, especially when it's those minutes, right? Uh, the other one that caught my eye was Jordan Guzman. Um, came 19th, ran 213. Yeah. So um, it was his uh, marathon debut. Uh, I think it's pretty good. Like, I mean, yeah, it, it was a bit of, he, he didn't quite manage a negative split. It was a bit of a positive split. I think given, I mean, he's he's got a 48 second, 400 meters. Like this guy is, he's been on the track. So it's cool to see him transition and, and let's see what happens. Maybe it's for fun. Maybe it's more serious, but interested to see what, what he does going forward. Hmm. Yep. 65, 50, 54 through half. So 211 high. Uh, didn't lose yeah. too much time, two thirteen thirteen, but um, yeah, yeah, he's run quick over every distance from four hundred through the marathon. Now I think he's a one forty seven or one forty eight eight hundred guy. So um, one one forty eight sixty five. Okay, yeah, one forty eight sixty five. He's run a yeah. What's that? Thirteen twenty one, twenty eight twenty nine. Uh, he's done yeah, just really quick. So one oh three half. So pretty impressive. Um. The next bit I wanted to get to is like people who were stoked with their run. Obvious answers we've already mentioned. Um, talked about Molly. She also Molly Seidel ran that was a PB for her. So she ran 223.07 previously. She'd run 224.42 in New York. Um, you could argue that 242 uh 224.42 might have been a bit better, but she's also had a few injuries, like hard to understand those in context, but she had a few injuries. She's back, like I think she'd be stoked. Um Connor Mance's time we talked about is the He's actually the fourth fastest American of all time um, that moved him up to. So that's uh, it's pretty good in pretty good company. So ahead of he's tied with Nathan Rittenheim on 207.47. And then only faster ones are Ryan Hall, Galen Rupp, and then Khalid. I can't even pronounce that surname. I'm so yep, sorry. Kanauchi. 
I think it's Kanauchi, yeah. yeah. A Moroccan born, yeah. I believe. Could be wrong, but not American born, but yeah. um, American record holder. Yeah, 205. So yeah. 38. Other people who'd be stoked, we talked about Galen. Um, he's run two 206s, but this is his third fastest time. And given what he's been dealing with, he'd be stoked. Um, Dom Scott from South Africa, she ran 229 in London this year on debut and ran 227. So she'd be happy, um, I think. And then Des Linden, who broke Dina Castor's uh, US Masters record. Uh, it feels like that was a big deal that people made. Like people made a big deal of that. I think Dina, as a as a human and as a person in running, I think that's why that was a big deal. Um, it feels like Des is transitioning in her career a little bit. Um, although this isn't, I mean, I'm not. I can't remember what her PB is, but she wasn't like it's not horribly far off it. I think she her PB might be two twenty five or something like that, and she ran two twenty seven or something here, so mm. it's not too far off. Um, but yeah, any other thoughts, mate? Any other Thoughts on who might have, you know, thought it was a good day, bad day, etc. Thoughts. From yeah, I think we've probably covered them all. I mean, I, I think for sure we probably, even though we did touch on him, um, I think uh, Clayton uh, Young, who trains with Connor Mance, that's a huge result two oh eight zero zero, and especially to get the auto uh, Olympic standard, that's that's massive. I mean, I'll be honest, I hadn't heard of him up till very recently. Uh, which yeah. I, 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 that might might be my bad. I mean, I'm, I think he's run you know sub two ten before or right around there. So I probably should have. But um, to run the auto Olympic standard, which is very hard now, two oh eight ten. There's not that many. Uh, you know, I know there's quite a lot in Kenya and Ethiopia, but put those two countries aside, there's not a hell of a lot of guys running that standard at the moment. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think um, that's a huge run by him and. Yeah, um, that's the first one that comes to mind. We've already mentioned Rose. She would be, I mean, I know yeah. for sure she's almost quite quite shocked at her result. I don't think she was quite expecting that time. I think she was more looking at 224, 225. So awesome to see that. Um, yeah, uh, I'm sure there's a few more sort of in the between 10 and 25 that are pretty happy with their results. But um, yeah, yeah, the weather being pretty much perfect. I mean, we spoke briefly off air before about conditions and how you know, I think there's a sweet spot right around what Chicago was, around eight degrees Celsius or forty-six to forty-eight degrees Fahrenheit, which sort of suits everyone. Um, and if you go below that and you go down to, you know, zero to five degrees Celsius, Celsius, it suits some, but some really hate that. They've struggled in the coals. And then when you go above ten degrees, some people love that. Oh, clearly, there was the Berlin uh, world record for the women's, um, and some people find it tough in the, you know, when it gets above twelve degrees. So, Chicago was a con- the conditions that I think everyone. Um, would have enjoyed so uh, lots of fast results yeah I also think the only other thing I think from the thing is I, I will happily don't don't at me with this I, I'm pretty convinced both Kipton and Safan are going to run faster uh, very like no I doubt. would suggest fail yeah like they're just on an upward swings with their marathons they're both very new to it um, yeah if we see Kipton in the Olympics I'd be really interested to see what happens there when he gets to race people uh, because let's be real clear, he's not really raced anybody. He's kind of been time trialing out, doing his own thing. So um, it'd be nice to see him pushed. I think we all want to see him versus Kipchoge, and the only chance that is is the Olympics. Like we literally have one shot at that. It'll be these Olympics in Paris or not, because mm-hmm. um, it's never going to happen otherwise. Um, I will say I spoke to, I did ask Kelvin. Well, we did a couple of friends and I did ask Kelvin about this and. Um, you know, things change. Kipchoge has said before that he he wanted to do all the he wants to do all the majors and win them all. And it seems like that's now changed potentially. Who knows? Um, but if he did want to do them, I wonder why he wouldn't have done New York or, uh, this this season and not Berlin. But uh, Kelvin did express strong interest in going to the Olympics when we asked him. Um, so that was on his mind. But who knows if he'll actually follow through with that or or whether or not 
Berlin will come out and offer him a ridiculous uh, starting appearance fee and he might skip the Olympics. Uh, who knows? Um, but I can say that at the time that we spoke to him in, um, what was it, early September, uh, 11 months before the Olympics, he was he was very keen on lining up at Paris. So let's hopefully, hopefully he follows yeah. through with that and hopefully so does Elliot. And, well, hopefully they both get selected as well. I mean, there's any, like, they, they could send any number of people who would do very well. So these guys are have got to want to go and they've got to get selected and then they've got to get their injury free and, and all those things right and okay sure neither of them have had bad issues to this point but yeah i mean the other thing that could happen is they could have a bad day on the day and that disappoints us all right keep trying to get a bad day in boston for whatever reason so yeah well the conditions and course in paris definitely open up that risk for sure oh yeah <laughs> given given that there's oh, yeah. 330 or 340 meters of elevation gain which is the same elevation gain as boston just not the net downhill and then the yeah. you know being in middle mid to end of august it's going to be hot it's going to be it's going to be in the oh yeah high 70s low 80s fahrenheit mid 20s high 20s celsius yeah, uh maybe hot. hotter so yeah. yeah it's definitely um definitely not a not a chicago marathon this year <laughs> no so righty well that's it for another episode of pro running news so thanks again to all the listeners thanks for those who responded to our instagram poll send in dms all that stuff really appreciate it and uh yeah we'll catch you on the next episode please like subscribe and uh, share the podcast